0: Once you get a handle on it, it's absolutely fine, I promise. You you will it will change your life. It's <laughs> gonna change your life. It'll change your life. Gotta change your life. going to
1: change your life. All right, girl, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> We're on the voice now. <laughs>
2: Vina. And I'm Ricky. And welcome to Fierce Slay Talk. Our DeCamp podcast where we'll be catching up with some familiar faces from the drag world and beyond. Whilst delving deeper into the obstacles life has
0: thrown at them in the journey of becoming fabulous. So shall we begin? Welcome back to Fierce Lay Talk. This week we are super excited to welcome in for an in-depth probing. Hey, I can't wait for it. The inimitable, always outrageous, often offensive, while stunningly gorgeous,
2: Black Ivory.
1: Hi everyone. Hi baby, <laughs> how are you? I'm okay. Oh, I've had better days. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> now it's fair to say that you're you're maybe not the most tech
1: savvy person oh my god I'm literally sweating logging onto to Facebook let alone anything else <laughs> <laughs> how have you been coping so far um all right just like plodding on with it i'm I'm like when I'm at home I'm quite um uh I'm not really a sociable person so I stay at home anyway so this is like a new like normal for me. (laughs) So if I'm not working, I'm at home. So that's all I ever do. No, I just sleep a lot, to be honest with you. So I'm like an old man. I have to like sleep at least 20 hours a day. So, uh, Ivory, what has been, because, you know,
0: we've already established today while trying to set up a Zoom call and failing miserably, that maybe you're not the most tech savvy. So what is it that you've been sort of doing to keep working you know how what's been the most difficult thing for you to try and keep making work this year
1: um to be honest with you i have been quite lucky in a sense that um i had a bit of a stash to keep myself going so now i uh, like i'm out of Savings now. So this year, if I'm not working, I'm pretty much. Uh, so, so I'm. To be honest with you, I'm just gonna have to get on top of it with technology and start doing, all what the queens have been doing all of, last year, where you do all your um, work online. So yeah. So today
0: is the first day of your new technological drag life, isn't it?
1: You know what? Normally, because it gets me so stressed, I would have canceled, I'd be like, girl, I can't do this. But because I promised myself this year, I'm gonna get on that bloody internet and work this out, that um, I I really tried my best to do it. And then, obviously, we're back on Facebook. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, look, this stuff, when you first start, is stressful, it is hard. And trying to kind of organise everything yourself, doing the lighting, doing the sound, doing that, you know, it is hard. Um, but once you get a handle on it, it's absolutely fine, I promise. <laughs> you, you will, it will change your life. It's going to change your life, it'll change your life, going to change your
2: life, going to change your life. All right, go <laughs> calm down. <laughs> We're on the voice now. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to ask if you were explaining your drag to someone else uh, who'd never seen uh, what you do or how how you do it. Uh, how would you describe it? Oh my god, I hate this
1: question. <laughs> um, I don't uh, know. Uh, I come as i put person to either a drag queen or a female impersonator. So I th- I just think she's. <sighs> I don't know. She, she's just glamorous. I think that's the only word I to I could use. Describe your own style. Yeah, <laughs> it's really weird to describe. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that's the way she looks, very shiny. isn't it? She looks very glamorous. Ivory is very glamorous, very femme. And then, and then, in terms of your performance style and what Ivory is like, like how would you, if you're going to describe Ivory's personality? How would you describe that?
1: All right, yeah, yeah. She's definitely uh, a co- everything I do is comedy, so um, all my shows are like <laughs> because I lip sync. I can't sing like Davina can, <laughs> so all my all my stuff uh, I lip sync. So it's a lot of visual comedy in there, and then when I do my stand up, it's always comedy as well. And I my comedy comes from like a uh there's a lot of race jokes in there I basically what i try and do is the jokes that the white people used to use on asian people i kind of f- flip it around and use it back at people kind of a thing so yeah it's, it's pretty much comedy stuff that i do so but
0: that's i mean that's amazing because that's kind of what drag is anyway you know it's taking what people tried to hurt you with and turning it around and using it against them, you know, so that it becomes a, <laughs> a kind of positive thing in your life rather than, oh, oh I'm gonna cry about this, fuck off, instead. Um, the only way that I would describe um, your drag would be um, ass. <laughs> because whenever you're in drag, that's all I'm looking at, darling. Looking at your ass. Because Ivory has got one of the most perfect bottoms in the entire of the
2: Northwest she does look fantastic yeah definitely (laughs) I always used to see you in what Terry's little bar Iconic when you were DJing yeah that was always fun and quite often your outfits
0: will be designed to show off that particular feature as
1: well won't they just isn't it I do I do walk around half naked yes I do
2: (laughs) (laughs) basically are you part of
1: a drag family uh no, I'm not. I we didn't have those back then. Uh, so yeah, I've not got a dry family. I do try. I do try my best. If if a venue gives me a uh, a place where I could perform, I do try and, try my best to uh, get new up and coming queens that I personally like to come and join me, and then let them go once they want to do their own thing, they go ahead and do their own thing. But no, I'm not part of a family. She don't need a family, she's she's good by herself. <laughs> 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 Nobody wants me as a daughter, that's what it is. No, <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: you'd,
2: you'd be a nightmare. You'd be like somebody's
0: stepdaughter, you wouldn't
1: you, to be fair? Yeah.
2: You've been doing drag for a really long time, actually, even though you started really late. How old were you when you started? Uh,
1: I was twenty-one when I was when I first started. Yeah. And
2: then how long have you been going for now? Is it like uh, fit, more than fifteen years, isn't it? Yeah, I think
1: I've been doing it for seven. I think this is going to be my eighteenth year, so about seventeen, eighteen years. Yeah.
0: Which 18? which puts Ivory about six hundred years old. It? <laughs> <laughs> about, <isn't> it? <laughs> Honestly, I this <feel> so old. <laughs> Because you're right, most people do start nowadays, they do start before 21. Everybody's kind of cracking out the freaking womb and they've got a pair of heels on and some lashes and they're going, yes, queen. And we're like, no, we don't talk like that round here. Do don't be ridiculous.
1: Well, there's so much to inspire them nowadays. <laughs> uh, so they start early. Whereas back in my days, well, nowadays, should I say I'm making myself sound... Yes, we're a very different
0: generation. To each other. Ivory is clearly much older than I am.
1: Yeah, because the only way we saw drag is by going out into the gay scene. So, um, yeah, so nowadays they they start a bit, a bit younger. Just out of curiosity, Davina, you're older than me, aren't you? I think I might
0: be by a year or two. How old are you? I'm 38, so... Oh, I'm not 38 yet. I'm 38 this year. You oh, are a year older than me. Sorry girl.
2: <laughs> Sorry,
0: girl. Sorry, <I>, girl. But, like, <laughs> it is so weird to me saying that I'm going to be 38. I still feel like I'm sort of 25. You know what I mean?
2: I don't feel like I'm yeah. nearly 40. Ooh, uh, uh. Ugh. like it's crazy isn't it i am 40 this year i forty. do you feel like that is a thing though i know can you believe it see i think i'm looking all right for 40 or one day i'm just going to look in the mirror and my entire <laughs> face will appear at the floor and i'll just be standing there trying to pick my cheeks up <laughs> that's basically what's going to happen to me i lie though when i'm out in the village all the time i lie about my age
0: my husband used to lie all the time but he would tell them that he was older so when he was like 45, he's going, yeah, yeah, I'm 52. And they'd go, oh, you look amazing for 52. You look amazing. And he'd be like, yeah, I know. Mm. <laughs> he's such an idiot. So what was it that first got you into drag? Because, you know, it's not an obvious choice for a good Muslim girl. Such as himself, <laughs> is it? So what was it that made you go, you know what? That's what I want to do some of that.
1: Uh, well, it was actually uh my ex boyfriend at the time. Um, he I know I was shagging um uh, a drag queen and every, I I don't know if we're allowed swearing or not. So of course you are. You can fucking say what you like, dear. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So uh, yes. Yeah, so my ex um did drag and he always said oh you look amazing in it and i was like no it's not it's not for me i'm so butch and everything (laughs) so So, uh and then way back in the days um there was a bar called the hollywood show bar Mm -hmm. which is now bloom which the AXM, blah, blah, blah. They had, and there's a yearly thing, annual thing that we do called World AIDS Day. They asked me if I would get into drag for them. And uh, my ex-boyfriend said, yeah, you should do it. I'll do your makeup, blah, blah, blah. And then that's where she took over my life. (laughs) Yeah. And doesn't it
0: just... Everything about your life ends up being about drag, about what's what's this wig gonna be? What's this? You know, all of that stuff. So, who was it? Who, who was, who was the drag queen who made you start?
1: Oh. Professionally, um, it was Misty Chance. She was the one that showed me. Everybody loves Misty Chance.
0: But that wasn't your boyfriend, was it?
1: No, no, no. That your wasn't boyfriend. my boyfriend. No, no, no. You and Misty have
0: not been romantically engaged, in- have you?
2: <laughs> oh, I thought we were going to have some scandal and some gossip. <laughs> scandal. Oh, Misty Chance and Black Ivory.
1: Oh, oh. We kissed once on stage, that's it.
2: I'm writing that down because we are gonna have to record with her at some point. Kissed on stage. Okay, got that. Perfect. Marvelous. Is she a good kisser?
1: Uh, oh, yes, yeah, she tastes like white people.
2: <laughs> oh, perfect.
1: I was dressed as Beyonce at the time, and she was dressed as Lady Gaga.
2: Ah, it seems well, It seems like an obvious thing to do there definitely so you must have noticed that drag has changed quite a lot. you were saying before about um your introduction was going out and kind of seeing people rather than like uh, we've got it on BBC three and Netflix um all the time now haven't we um, what, what do you think what do you think's changed about it in, in that period since you started
1: um oh a lot has changed <laughs> everything's changed um the, I, I guess the the main things are the whole look has changed because back back in the days it's all about uh everything has to be over the top big wigs big eyes big costumes uh, and um, I think the comedy value has changed as well I think you could get away with a lot less nowadays than you would have done back in the yeah. days yeah so I think those are the two main things that that have changed, but I think apart from that, um, yeah, pretty much, I still get paid the same. Time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So, do you think it was easier when you started, or it's easier now? I. Th- oh. Because when would it have been? Like two thousand and three, two thousand and four, that kind of period, wouldn't it? So, smartphones haven't really arrived yet. The internet is still like a baby thing. We're still all on MySpace. Facebook hasn't quite arrived. In fact, everybody's still doing... Uh, what was that school friends thing? Friends Reunited. Everybody was still doing Friends Reunited. And we were all still on Gator, where you could only have five pictures. And, 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 and I mean, <laughs> well, I, listen, I hadn't... I hadn't migrated to fit lads and I certainly was never a fit lad, so uh, it wouldn't have been an appropriate space for me. So, uh, you know, it was that period. So do you think it was easier to do drag then then or now?
1: Uh, I, oh, I think, for for me, I'm probably easier back then because, because, like, I was the only Asian drag queen there, so I found it easier back then, whereas I think nowadays there's... Everybody's a drag queen, so it's hard to find your niche market. More competition.
0: More competition now. There's some like there's something as well about, you know, because the aesthetic wasn't the same in two thousand and four. You know, it was literally budgie blue, red eyes red lipstick, maybe some blush if you're feeling a bit wild, and then like A stupid wig and then a stupid, you know, it was just that, wasn't it? You didn't have to look beautiful. You just had to be like, boom, here I am. And it was about, really, it was about your mouth, wasn't it? About what you're doing on stage and what you're chatting and all of that stuff. Whereas now, I think if you're like our generation, you still have to do all of that other stuff. So you still have to be a great performer and have the mouth and the chops and all of that stuff. But then you have to kind of go, okay, now I also have to be as beautiful as all of these kids who are 12.
2: Yeah, I know. (laughs) Scrolling through Instagram going, oh, no.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So if you're like me, the only only choice I've got is to just keep shoving filler in my face and hoping for the best.
1: (laughs) Concrete mixer (laughs) turning it. (laughs) Yeah, I think the hardest thing about doing drag now is even though it's more accessible and it's a bit more cheap as in the makeup and the costume and you could pick yeah. much to wear an outfit from Primark I, I think I think it's hard to be pretty now because the expectation is for you to be this polished queen Yeah, and
2: the bar is set so high now Yeah, which is, which is different, you know, before
0: you could go out and look an absolute bastard train wreck and it was fine, you know, it didn't matter Whereas now, you know, as soon as you've turned out one night and you look beautiful, every night you're expected to be that or better, you know, even more beautiful, even more stunning. And so I think that the the expectation is completely different now on what people, you know, what people want. So you, you touched a little bit on it then about now everybody is a drag queen. So there are just, and you know, before you were the only Asian drag queen.
1: Only gay Asian Muslim drag queen.
0: <laughs> the only Asian in the village. <laughs> Whereas now, you know, that isn't the case. And we are having lots more conversations about representation and, um, and that's happening now in, in the LGBTQ plus community, as well as society at large. Um, Have you got any thoughts about that specifically?
1: Um, I think I've seen quite a few statements online about, uh, like, more ethnic groups being represented. Um, To be honest with you, I'm in, like, two fields about this. I do feel like people should, like try and be more exclusive in what they're doing when i say try i mean go out of their way to make sure right i need five queens like how diverse are the five queens that i'm bringing on um but then i'm not one of these people that will sit there complain about it as well and be like oh there's five queens and you got five white slim queens I'm the type of person that's like if I if I wanted that gig, I would go out and push myself to get that gig. So it works both ways. As an Asian person, I don't expect you to put me on your team, but I will work hard to be on the team. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it does. And, I, you know, some of it is also we all operate within our own little circle, don't we? So if. If there is if there isn't that person in that circle, it's difficult to then go, oh, here, come and do this. Um, but I I don't think that that negates the responsibility, actually. Um, I, and I do think that we have a responsibility to uh, create those spaces. You know, we had these these conversations about the flag, uh, not last year, but the year before having the extra two stripes on. So the brown and black flag. And um, it we there was a an event in one of the bars on Canal Street, you know, one of those loose ladies things. And everybody else on the panel was saying, no, it's ridiculous. We don't need it. We don't need it. What were your thoughts about that at the time, about the brown and black flag?
1: Yeah, I do. I do semi agree we don't need it. But uh, the thing is, even though we don't really need it, I don't think it only adds it doesn't take away so my my thing is if it if it's welcoming more people in, just put it on yeah if it's taking people away, then there's a conversation to be had
0: about why they are so fucking racist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Brown Z on there. I want my brown colour in there. <laughs> Home a weave girl <laughs> No, yeah. My thing was that. Yeah, it it just seemed to be a massive conversation. And I was just like, it's quite easy really with we're, we're adding people. So it's not gonna hurt uh, anybody.
0: Yeah, that was my whole thing in because again, this was just it was all white queens sat on this panel all say, no, we don't need it, we don't need it, we don't need it. And I said, okay, just stop for two seconds. Does it affect you? No. Yeah. And then look around this room. Yeah. It's just white faces. Yeah. Show me, show me the black person, show me the person of color in this audience. They're not here. Why are they not here? They're not here because we're not making space for them. And we need to do that. And if this is a way that we can do that, that doesn't actually affect our life, but may make somebody feel more welcome, that's a real fucking easy thing to do.
1: Yeah. I find it really difficult to, like, talk. You know how, like, people will say, no, we don't need it. I'm not the type of person that could ever just be like right this is my opinion this is it like I'm the type of person that's thinking like if it includes people if it's not affecting me then why am I so offended by it or why am I having an opinion about it? it if it's good for you then okay come on Let's bring you on. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. So yeah,
2: you've always been quite outspoken, anyway, haven't you, Black? And um, would you say that people in venues have always quite liked that about you?
1: Yeah, I think that's why uh, I've lasted so long. To be honest, with you. <laughs> because but but it's harder nowadays. Now you now you've got to filter what you you've got to be a bit more intelligent about how you're delivering yeah. the joke nowadays. So you can't yeah. you can't just like I'll give you an example like one of the things we used to get away with is saying, uh, oh, you know, uh, I'm a, don't get offended, I'm gonna say it. You know, uh, oh my, oh it's my, if I used to see another Asian person, I used to say, oh, it's my brother. <laughs> but nowadays you gotta say, oh, it's my samosa brother. You know what I mean? You're just gonna be a bit more clever with what you're saying, so.
2: So a lot of the time, it's like, it's not, the joke isn't about the topic, it's about, so, for example, um, a joke about the AIDS crisis in South Park. It's not a joke about AIDS. It's about the handling of the AIDS crisis. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. The problem with that, though, is there's a lot of comedians who are lazy. Right,
0: and yeah, the yeah. joke is about the AIDS. You know, it's it, it's where it's it depends yeah. on the quality of the comedian, doesn't it? That's the thing. Mm-hmm. If the comedian isn't very smart, then actually the jokes they're making are about uh, about AIDS or about HIV or about racism. or Whereas... When you look at somebody who is a bit smarter, the joke is not about that, but about the way that we treat it and about the way that we react to it, and making us question that. So, like, and what you're saying, Ivory, is that before it was kind of easier to be a bit lazy and just make make that joke, um, which I I I feel like that's a good thing, you know, like I feel like that's a that's a a much healthier and. It just leads to, um, like, better better jokes. It leads to better everything. You know, if you have to actually think about it rather than just be lazy, everything gets better. So, like, you can't be lazy with your wigs anymore because people are going to go, oh, look at your wig. <laughs> you know, so you can't be lazy about your wigs. You can't be lazy about your makeup. You can't be lazy about your comedy. You have to be, like, actively engaged in stuff. And that, but that doesn't mean that we'll always be perfect. I will absolutely not be. <laughs> the ol- The
1: only thing, I, yeah, the only thing I don't like is if if you did do a joke, whether it's by mistake or you you misjudged it or whatever, and you did a joke that is that might have offended some people. It's the way that they like get at you. That is really bad, isn't it? Like, if you even if you accident, even if you didn't mean to be racist and you made a racist joke and somebody took offense, it's like you are not forgiven. They want you. They they attack you on social media. They want you to be sacked. You know, I just think it goes too far sometimes.
0: Yeah, I agree. But then there's also that element of if you take responsibility and ownership of that, then actually most people will go. Yeah, fine. As long as it isn't a, uh, like, a trait or it's a, a continuous behaviour. So, like, who's the, the comedian who was big in the 80s who said he would never make another black person joke and then as soon as um uh, something happened and then he was making loads of jokes again? Jim Davidson. <laughs> so So, like, clearly loads of really easy racist jokes throughout his career then says you know what i'm really sorry guys i i i don't think that's appropriate actually you know and i didn't realize what what was going on and then as soon as the black lives matter thing you know movement started he was like making all of these racist comments again and you're like, okay, so this is this is not an apology. This is like a, this is a trait of yours. So actually you've told us who you are because you've done it all the way through. You've said sorry, taken ownership for it and then done it again. So at that point, I think like it's fair game to go, um, time to close that book and open a different one. Like, you know, we move on from you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. That's what I think, anyway. You have to take ownership and grow. Ownership and grow, grow and move on, become something new. <laughs> now you're currently out in the wilds of Oldham, aren't you, with the drag legend that is Terry Fox? Yeah. How like maybe maybe that's not a pairing that I would have immediately put together. So because um, Terry can be quite—I mean, she's outrageous. Yes, isn't she? she is. And she says some really contentious stuff. So it's that's what I mean about, you know, maybe it's not a pairing that I would have put together. So how did that come about? How was it that, you know, how did that happen?
1: Well, I knew Terry because I've seen her do her gigs and everything. And uh, Terry knew me because of uh, the gigs that I did. And then she was looking for somebody. And she liked me. Uh, Felicia said nice things about me. And, you know, Terry and Felicia um, are good friends. And she... She actually makes a perfect boss for me because like she because she's she's a drag queen, she she gets it. So when you do your jokes, somebody might have been might have been offended, she get like she gets it. Or if you're a little late, she gets it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ivory, <light>. late
1: <laughs> You know what I mean? So it's perfect for me. <laughs> <laughs> I think she only employed me so she doesn't look like she's racist as well.
0: You've always been involved in loads of loads of charity work. Always. You know, it's always been a, a part of that. So those people like on the scene because I know that you've worked with Misty Lots and I know that. You know, there's always been quite a big ethos anyway in the, the drag scene in Manchester, particularly on charity and and, and feeling back into that. Um, do you think that that's been part of your sort of training, if you like, you know, being on the scene and seeing that? Has that been part of your uh, training or is it just something actually that you're really uh, you're really interested in? And uh, when I first
1: start, when I first started, we didn't really have that many charity events, and if there was, it'd be all the venues get uh, pretty much getting together and doing one big thing and stuff like that. Uh, no, uh, to be honest with you, the whole charity thing came from Misty, because Misty uh, was uh, would be us, and I was working for her, and then I would obviously um, have. Half- To do it, and I was like charities, (laughs) yeah. So and then that was it. (laughs) So she made me do it. I blame her for all those free gigs I had to give out. And (laughs) since then, we would, uh, yeah. I think once again, because part of my beliefs, and I do try and do as many charity. Events as I can, and then that's I class that as my time, and then I try and give money to cha- to charities as well. So I think it's I think ev everybody should try and do something for charities. So if if
0: you could lift up a specific charity right now and give it a little bit of uh, a shout out, which ones would they be? Can I give two?
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, so uh, the George Astros obviously. Since I started drug, that's where all my time went to. I recently my mum got diagnosed with Alzheimer's, um, about t- two years ago. So um, I say recently, two years ago. So Alzheimer's is another one that I'm. Uh, I recently really uh, any of my time would would go there. So if you
2: if you could do anything in your career though, like absolutely anything, no limit, what would it be?
1: Uh, if if I could do anything, I would love to be able to sing the Divina De Campo. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to be able to sing, yeah. And I think I would love to do like a stand-up set as well. I don't know why I've not okay. done that yet. Uh, just, no, I don't. Yeah, like a half an hour stand-up set. Yeah, I think I should sit down and write myself a set. I
0: mean, you've got plenty of time right now, babe. So <laughs> Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> I'm too busy making samosas, girl. <laughs> you've talked a little bit about it before, but you've run kind of lots of show teams in and around Manchester. Um, how important is it for you in your practice um, to kind of be the mother figure and give other people a space and a platform to perform?
1: I, I think that that's um, one of the most important things that I do. Like, the charity work and trying to. Fine, not fine. Trying to include baby queens is the two most important things to me because I, I always go back to Mr. Chance. I when I first started to, I was doing the doors as a promo girl, but then we used to call it door whoring. I think I did it for like three, three maybe four years. And I've always wanted to do the stage. But back then the more experienced queen would not let you do it. They would they were just so guarded um, that if even if you asked they'd be like no. <laughs> Literally to your face, no. <laughs> so and I found it really hard to to even get a stage. To perform on, so when when I see the baby queens, yeah. it just remind me of like me tr- hustling, trying to trying to make it uh, to do drag. So yeah, every time I see a queen, and I think, girl, you're good. Yeah, that, as soon as they get a get a, a, a stage, I'll 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 message him and be like, do you want to come and perform? And
0: do you think that you are an easy mother?
1: Oh not as much. Divina you already know this. <laughs> I'm sure some of my queens have come and complained to you about me before. No, I'm I'm a tough one. I'm a tough one. I'm old school though. I'm old school. Like I don't I don't play. Like I'm not the type of person that will be like, um, ah, can I just talk can I just pull you to one side and just can we just discuss this hair? No, I'm like, girl, what is that hair? <laughs> That's the type of person I am. Because otherwise, (laughs) who's got time to piss his foot round conversations? I'm here to do a job. I've got you on board to do a job. This is what's wrong. This is what's right. Let's go ahead and get the job over and done with.
0: (laughs) Yeah, very that. Like, I can also be a bit like that. I've kind of mellowed a little bit. (laughs) In my later years, as I've reached the autumn of my life. Now, I've kind of mellowed a bit just because... Um, I think because of working in schools and you know being that kind of that's not it you cannot wear that doesn't hasn't always helped me that much, um, but I've always preferred it when people have been like that you know that absolutely wasn't where what it was like when I started people would go oh you look gorgeous it's stunning you are fantastic and it was dog shit terrible yeah. <laughs> you know and they. And then they would talk about you behind your back. So I would always prefer to have somebody who is, like, blunt and honest than somebody who is, like, trying to... I mean, they're telling you one thing, and they actually mean something completely different. I, like, that's just how I operate. Is that the same with you? You'd yeah, I, just... my,
1: my thing is this. I, I would never put some... I would never ask a baby queen at work on the stage... I'm not saying you're going to get rich, but there's always some sort of payment, isn't there? So you're here, you're getting paid for this gig. So, do you know what I mean? You're getting paid for it. What more do you want me to say? (laughs) There's always an expectation of a job role. So that's... I sound like a right bitch, don't I? (laughs) No,
0: No, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And the, the payment, you know, sometimes it's as little as 20 quid, because that's all that's in the budget. And you as the host are taking like tuppence and But the fact that there is payment means that this is a job and therefore there is a level that is required. And you can, you know, you can do it where you're like, you look dog shit rough, but you're hilarious on stage. Or you have to be, you know, there is a level of polish that is expected just because, you know, like I got a wig yesterday that was supposed to be a lace front is not a lace front. I can never use that wig. Like, <laughs> never, Because <laughs> it is just not at the level required, you Yeah, know? Like, no, can't be done.
1: Don't you just hate that nowadays, that literally there's a level that you have to be, and it's just looks, just the way you look. Like, it's like, get, like how crazy is it that you have to look that good all the time? It's just- It is crazy to me. You could have made is. more of an effort yeah. tonight. <laughs> uh, just so that we're clear I'm sat in
0: a beautiful kimono top I've got my necklace on I've got my earrings I didn't put nails on But I did paint them And I have a brand new wig That has not been worn yet So this is the, the first outing for this wig
2: they,
1: You um, look
0: beautiful I love that wig as well Where's it from? Thank you It's um, Tarot He's called Taro. I think he's called Tarot John On Facebook i got him on Facebook, I don't really know him. <laughs> I don't know her. But uh, I, he put all these wigs up and I was like, well, I'll have them, thank
2: you, perfect. You look fabulous as well, I love your shirt. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have it easy to be fair. So you, you've worked with a lot of people, like yesterday I was watching videos, God, there was you and Nana. Um, who do you think your biggest influences are?
1: Oh, God, there's so many. Obviously, like, on TV, it's people like uh, RuPaul, Lily Savage, Dim, and, uh, uh But when I first came onto Canal Street, I was totally obsessed with Roxy Hart and uh, Felicia. Okay. Totally upset. Upset? Obsessed oh, with them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but everybody always says, like, I'm a... Younger version of Roxy Hart. I can see that. Yeah, I did. Didn't even compute that my look is based so much on her. Because when you, when you really admire somebody, you take traits from them and you don't even realize you're doing it. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely.
2: And from and speech patterns as well with people, isn't it? I do it with people with accents. I'll pick up what their accents are and start talking back at them in the same thing. Oh, perfect. So you're going to be propping up a bar for years to come, aren't you? (laughs) Which leads us
1: perfectly on. What are the plans for the future? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm not. I'm definitely going to write a set for a stand up (laughs) now that I've said it. Uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to get through Corona at the moment, I suppose. Uh, And finding out. If there is any boss to work in after all this is over, (laughs) the future looks quite bleak, to be honest
0: with you. (laughs) So, what's the bar in Oldham called? Because Terry will kill us both if we don't mention it.
1: Yes, it's the George Tavern. So,
0: the George Tavern in Oldham. In Oldham. It's in the city centre. Camp is fabulous. Come over. did I did um, an interview with her and a few other people and at any point where she was allowed to speak she'd be like well at the George Tavern in Oldham what we do
2: (laughs) every single time I was loving it she was so funny
1: so funny
2: so what what are your uh, what are your social media so that people can keep up to date with you
1: so facebook um <clears throat> black ivory b-l-a-q uh black ivory I, I i am on instagram now i've been on it for like just over a year i still don't know how you work it <laughs> yeah i literally downloaded it a month before lockdown and then i've i've not got any young young boy to show me how to use it so <laughs>
2: Oh, so if you downla- download Grinder, yeah, and then download... <laughs> I'm very good
1: at Grinder. I'm good
2: at gr- <laughs> <laughs> I went out to Poptastic once, right, and I knew that in the morning I needed to move a wardrobe in my apartment from one room to the other. And I thought, if I take this lad home with me, I'll have someone extra pair of hands in the morning. So I did that.
1: <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I usually take a boy home for their hands, but it's not for a wardrobe, let's put it that way.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not usually interested in their hands, if I'm honest. <laughs> oh my God. Oh,
2: wow. that's quite funny though. I did the job. <laughs> I wasn't going to be able to do it by myself, you know.
0: Well, Ivory, it has been a joy. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. Thank you. <laughs> and I can't wait to see your new comedy set. Bye. See
1: you later, yeah, guys. Okay. Bye. <laughs>
2: Well, we have come to the end of the episode. This has been Fierce Slay Talk. You can join us on our journey by following us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Fierce Slay Talk. And thank you so much for tuning
0: in and listening to us going on. We could talk for hours. And if you enjoyed the show, let your friends know. Go on, spread the word. Be sure to review the podcast as well. Till next time. Don't hold back. Come snatch it. Come take it. All yours right off the rack. No wanting. No waiting. You shake me down. You touch it. You taste it. Come take me here and now. Try it and buy it. The top of the stack. Bag it and snag it. No need to attack. Instant and present. Hit go and play back. Right now. Right now. Take it and tame it. Walk me to the door. Have it and hold it. You only
1: want more. Live it and love it. you got it. It's yours. Right now. Right now.